Welcome back to the Clutch Factor Sports Show. My name is Joseph Meyer. So glad to be with you again today. We are reacting to week 10 of the NFL season, going over the biggest storylines and answering the question, are the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes officially back? What a weekend it was. Let's get right into it. Week 10 was another week where every Super Bowl contender, every playoff team, refuses to assert themselves as the front runner for the Lombardi Trophy. Multiple top 10 teams suffered really bad losses to mediocre teams. The Rams, the Bucks, and the Ravens, they all played downright bad. And most surprisingly, the Lions didn't lose. They tied, but they didn't lose. We'll start it off with the finest five, as we always do. Reminder, these are five games that stood out to me the most from last weekend. Number one, let's start it off with Ravens-Dolphins. This was the Thursday night game. What was most surprising to me was the fact that the Ravens, they looked vulnerable. Um, Another performance where they played down to their opponent. It seems like they're doing this every other week where they have a really great week and then they followed up with a performance against a bad team that just doesn't look very impressive. The Ravens let the struggling Dolphins, who have played terrible this year, they let the Dolphins outplay them, especially on the offensive side. Tua and Jacoby Brissett should not be able to throw the ball down the field on a Super Bowl contending defense. Dolphins had 314 passing yards. This is the Dolphins we're talking about. The Ravens offense, they had a bad night too. Lamar struggled. The Ravens are going to have trouble winning games when Lamar has an off night because of how much he means to their offense. He is the Ravens offense. He only had 238 yards of passing on Thursday, a lot of which was in garbage time. And he only added 39 yards on the ground, which is super low for him. Hollywood Brown, he was kept in check the entire night. Bateman and Andrews had a good night, but the Ravens can't run the ball. And so when you know you're going to pass the ball, they're just going to drop back and cover your guys. Dolphins have a pretty good secondary. Um, Sammy Watkins, he had a crucial fumble, but a more impressive recovery by Xavier Howard for the touchdown. That really sold the game for the Dolphins um, and got them the win. Uh, We saw Robert Hunt, uh, big man touchdown, get called back, sadly, because of legal man downfield. That was awesome to watch, though. And that kind of just symbolized the night. The Dolphins were just having a fun night. They just went out there. They had nothing to lose, and they beat a really good team while doing it and having fun. This was a good win for the Dolphins, um, but they they still clearly need to switch something up on the offensive side because it's just not working. Tonight was good, but we're going to see continue to see them struggle throughout the year. They need to switch something up. I'm not sure if it's at quarterback. Definitely offensive line needs help, but something needs to change pretty soon. Number two, let's talk about Saints versus Titans. Uh, this was a underrated matchup that didn't get a lot of attention going into the weekend um, and really didn't get any attention after the weekend either. The Titans have now put together a six-game win streak and established themselves as the top dog in the AFC as of right now. I still do not think they have enough talent to win a Super Bowl without Derrick Henry. Um, I may be proved wrong, um, but I just don't see enough talent, especially on the offensive side of the ball. But they keep winning. They keep proving me wrong. Six games in a row, that's really impressive, especially how um, competitive the AFC has been this year. Ryan Tannehill is game-managing his way to wins. It keeps working. Somehow it keeps working. Talk about the Saints though. Sean Payton, he is having by far, even though he won a Super Bowl, he is having his best season as a head coach and proving how dominant he is. First, makes Jameis Winston look good. Um, gets that team to 5-2 and two with Jameis Winston. 
ends Jameis Winston's turnover problem and makes him look at least serviceable. Now he has Trevor Simeon, who we know was a huge bust in Denver while he was there. He's a career backup. Trevor Simeon is throwing for 300 yards and two touchdowns with literally zero talent at wide receiver and without Alvin Kamara and nearly beating the Titans in this game. This was a masterclass from Sean Payton. I know they lost, but I want to give him credit where credit is due. I think they win this game if Alvin Kamara plays. He's such a huge part of their offense, and they were still able to put up points without him. Take note of this. Trevor Simeon played better against the Titans defense than Mahomes, Stafford, and Carson Wentz. Where did this come from? I think it clearly comes from Sean Payton's coaching style. Only 66 yards of rushing for the Titans in this game, which is a concern because we are concerned about their run game without Henry. However, the Saints have been elite against the run this year. They're first overall in the league in rush yards allowed. So I don't know if we can just look at this game and say, oh, look how bad the Titans rushing game was. A lot of the credit for this game needs to go to Randy Bullock. He bailed out the Titans, to be honest. They could not finish drives. He went three for three on field goals, all of which were under 40 yards, and two of them were in the red zone. Titans need to work on that. They need to finish drives if they want to beat some of the top dogs in the league. The Saints hold on to their playoff spot for now, but they have some really tough games coming up. Um, And they got the Vikings and the Panthers, who both looked pretty good this week, right on their tails. They need to step it up sooner. They're not going to get that playoff spot. Number three, another NFC South team, the Buccaneers versus the Washington football team. The Bucs had one of their worst offensive performances on Sunday. Granted, they were without Antonio Brown and Gronkowski. But the Washington defense was just not letting them work at all. And that was surprising because the Washington defense has not looked good this year. They have underperformed mightily. Outside of that one deep touchdown pass to Evans, Tom Brady couldn't get anything going over the Washington defenders deep. Brady had two interceptions, and both of them swung the momentum. One of them wasn't his fault, but the other one was just simply a bad read. More concerning for the Bucks, though, was the continued lack of run game. Only 53 yards total, bottom five in the league in rushing yards per game. The passing offense has been able to minimize the effect of that run game so far, but when Brady has a bad day or the receivers aren't getting open, there's nothing really to fall back on. Um, the Bucks they need to get healthy before the playoffs. Uh, I'm not betting against Tom Brady in the playoffs. I did that last year, and it and it didn't didn't work. Um, I'm not picking against him in the playoffs, but they got to get there first. I mean, they they still have the Saints on their heels, and a lot of these NFC teams are still looking really good. So they need to get to the playoffs. They need to get healthy. I think they can do it, but this week was not good for them. Taylor Heineke. I mean, he owns Tom Brady. Another career performance against the Bucks. Remember, he had the one last year in the playoffs. This year, he got for 256 yards and a touchdown with some clutch, clutch throws, especially on that last drive. Let's talk about that last drive. Nine-minute drive. Slowly working their way down the field, methodically. Just keep going. First down after first down, and the Bucks just could not stop them. They really said, we are not giving Tom Brady the ball with the chance to win the game. And I think that has to be the mantra against Tom Brady. Just don't give him the ball and he can't beat you. Terry McLaurin, he didn't have a huge day, but he is so, so good. He is one of the most underrated players in the league because he's on a mediocre offense. He takes a huge hit, but gets the first down, holds onto the ball, gets right back up, pounds his chest, celebrates. I mean, that was an awesome moment to see. I really love to see that. 
Um, for Washington, I think the season is pretty much already over, but a huge loss with Chase Young going down. The only bright side is that it came during a season where they're not vying for a playoff spot. They're, it's kind of a rebuilding year. Hopefully he will be able to come back healthy next year. Number four, Panthers versus Cardinals. Cam Newton. That's all you have to say. I mean, only four passing attempts and three rushes. That's just, I mean, he's in for seven plays. But his impact could not have been more apparent in this game. This Panthers team looked energized. They looked passionate. Absolutely everything went right for them. And they crushed the NFC leading Cardinals. And it was it was dominating fashion. I know the Cardinals were without Kyler and DeAndre Hopkins. But still a Cardinals team that looked really good last week behind Colt McCoy. Christian McCaffrey being back, that's a huge part of this Panthers offense. I mean, he played a huge part in this game. He has been severely missed by the Panthers while he was hurt. 13 carries for 95 yards on the ground on Sunday, and he added 66 on 10 catches through the air. I mean, just throw the ball to him and he will make something happen. The Panthers defense too, they look dominant in this one, only allowing 200 yards of total offense to a Cardinals team that's been averaging 500, 400 plus. Uh, super exciting time to be a Panthers fan. I mean, you start to question why they why they cut Cam Newton in the first place two years ago. Not because of his talent necessarily. I know he has talent. He's not one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But the energy that he brings to the locker room. And they needed it badly. I don't think this loss should mean really anything for the Cardinals They won one out of two in games without both of their best players, and they're still in prime position to win the division and get the number one seed in the NFC once Kyler comes back. We just hope that he comes back sooner rather than later. Lastly, let's talk about Chiefs versus Raiders. Everybody's been waiting for the Chiefs to finally get through, finally get that offense clicking, and I think it happened this week. This matchup has traditionally been dangerous for the Chiefs during the Mahomes era, and it was not dangerous at all on Sunday night. The Chiefs absolutely controlled the entire game. Mahomes finally looked like Mahomes. He threw for 400 yards and five touchdowns. Last year, we would have said, oh, that's an average night. This year, it's like, wow, that shows you where they're at. They needed this. This was the definition of a statement game for the Chiefs. And just like that, thanks to Broncos and Chargers losses, they're right back in first place. Their defense, which has been a huge, huge liability this year, Also looks kind of impressive tonight. They kept pressure on Derek Carr the entire night and made him make some very, very, very ill-advised throws that resulted in an interception. Should have been more, honestly. The interception came from Daniel Sorensen, who I have been one of his biggest critics this year. He is terrible, and he still is terrible. But nice of him to get an interception. Kind of ironic that their worst player, by far, would get the interception. Just thought that was funny. On Sunday night... Derek Carr was the Raiders' leading rusher, and that's all I need to say. Josh Jacobs, he has fallen off this year. It, it may be due to horrid offensive line play, but the Raiders have a bottom-five rush offense, and that was supposed to be a strength of theirs. You can't hate on the Raiders, though, too much, obviously, because of the circumstances um, off the field. This year has just been just been so tough. But they have not looked good over the past two weeks, and their playoff hopes are definitely in jeopardy right now. As far as the Chiefs' playoff streams go, they have solidified themselves as a playoff team absolutely, I think. I mean, I'm still not sure if they're going to win the division, but if that offense can can do that, if they get to the playoffs, I mean, 
you do not want to have to play the Chiefs in the first round. In the wild, I mean, imagine winning your division. You're the three seed, and you have to go against Patrick Mahomes in the wild card round. That's just that's that's scary. And so, um, if they can get to the playoffs, I would not count them out one bit. And I think they can do that. Chiefs have a tough schedule coming up, including a lot of division games that will help kind of sort out that really tight AFC West. But next week. A big one against the Cowboys. I am so excited for this game. It is by far the game of the week next week. Cowboys have looked incredible on offense. Chiefs finally getting back to that offensive potential that they have. That's a big one. Definitely going to be tuning in for that. They're going to get Clyde Edwards-Alaire back soon, which should help the run game. Um, But Williams has looked good in replacement, so not super concerned about their run game. This was a huge win for the Chiefs. Their momentum has swung completely in their favor. Two weeks ago, we were looking at them saying, can this team make the playoffs? And now we're saying they're back. I think this week was a really important game for them. I'm not going to say that it turned them into Super Bowl contenders yet because there's still been so many concerning things that we've seen this year and beating up on a Raiders team that has had a lot of struggles is not exactly a definition of a championship team. But this is a definite move in the right direction for the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Let's talk about a few other storylines. First off, the Patriots. Look where the Patriots are at. Six and four. They've won four straight. They started two and four. We're like, oh, Mac Jones ain't it. This is a rebuilding year. Won four straight, beat some pretty good opponents, dominated the Browns this week. Exciting time because Mac Jones is looking Good enough to win games, and that defense, oh, that defense looks incredible. The Patriots' defense looks incredible. It's a good sign. So when you beat a team, it's a good sign that you beat them. But when that team plays completely contrary to what they usually do, that means that you game-planned and you just dominated them in entirety. Look at what the Browns did. They only put up seven points, and they allowed 35. The Browns don't do that. The Browns play close games, grind out games. They don't get blown out. They might lose, but it's going to be a low-scoring, close game with that defense they have. The Patriots completely flipped their game plan on its head and dominated the Browns. They did the same thing to the Chargers a few weeks ago. Justin Herbert had arguably his worst game um, of the year against them. So they're making teams change up what they like to do. And that shows the sign of a good coach. And what do you know? Bill Belichick is a good coach. I'm excited for the Patriots moving forward. They've got the Falcons this week. I expect them to dominate that game because the Falcons have looked, they've looked shaky. The offenses look shaky. And I think that Patriots defense is just too good. So I think the Patriots are going to go seven and four. And then the sky's the limit. I mean, they're, they're up there with the bills for the division, if not just the wild card. So super exciting time for the Patriots. The Vikings, they get back on track. I've been saying all year, they have lost a lot of close games to very good teams, and they should not be 3-5. and five. And they finally pulled one out against the Chargers. Justin Jefferson, he is amazing. He is incredible, and anyone who denies that is out of their mind. Uh, I've heard a lot of people saying Jamar Chase is better. Jamar Chase is great, but Justin Jefferson is incredible. And Chase might get to that point. But, man, this Vikings team, this offense is good. The defense looked great today. I don't understand how they're 4-5. and five. I think that's all on coaching. 
But this team is good enough to be a Super Bowl contender. They have enough talent on their team to be a Super Bowl team. They need to just start winning games, and they did that this week. Good for them. The Rams, another big, big loss, this time to the 49ers. Um, you know, the Titans lost last week might be excused because of how good the Titans are, but the 49ers have not looked good this year and they dominated the Rams. Even the Rams offense couldn't get going and the 49ers run game just completely ran straight through the Rams. That's a huge loss. And that that's really concerning if I'm Sean McVay, because like we said at the beginning of the year, this isn't all in year or two. I'll give him two this year, next year, gotta win a Super Bowl. You've given up so much capital that you have to win a Super Bowl. And right now, they're just looking like a contender. They could certainly do it. I would not be surprised at all if they win the Super Bowl. But they are not the odds-on favorite. And I don't even think right now they're top five. So to give up that much capital and get to a divisional game, maybe a conference championship game, it's not acceptable. So they need to step it up. Otherwise, it's going to look like, wow, we gave up a lot of draft picks just to do pretty much the same thing we did with Jared Goff. I love Matt Stafford, but it's already a very high standard. Jared Goff got to a Super Bowl, and Jared Goff won a playoff game last year. So you got to do more than that if you're Matt Stafford because you are such a better quarterback. I think they can do it, but that's a big loss on Sunday against the 49ers, and that, that looked really ugly. It looked really ugly. The Lions, they didn't lose. They didn't lose. So, I, as bad as they've looked, I think that was a win for them because they didn't lose. And I, I know it's hard as a coach to say, well, guys, we, we didn't lose. We didn't win either. We didn't play good at all, but we didn't lose. But for the Lions, it's, I mean, it's a step in the right direction. They're not going 0-17. So, not much to say about that game. Uh, the Steelers, I don't even know if... If Roethlisberger played in that game, I don't know if the result is any different because he has not looked any better than Mason Rudolph has. So I think the Steelers are just quite overrated. I don't think they're very good at all. They've just managed to win games because Mike Tomlin is a really good coach. Tied the Lions. At least you didn't lose to the Lions, but it still doesn't look very good. Eagles, they are looking sneaky okay. I thought they were going to win three games max this year. Hated the Nick Sirianni hire. Now I'm starting to I'm starting to second guess myself because they've looked they've looked like they've wanted every game. They haven't given up like they did last year. So they're sneaky okay. They're not good, but they're not terrible. They're still in the wild card hunt, and pretty much every team in the NFC is because of how open those last two spots are. But they're one game out of the wildcard spot. They go on a winning streak, beat up on some divisional opponents. They can do it. And lastly, Packers shut out Russell Wilson in his return. Their defense is incredible. I know we talk about Aaron Rodgers and the offense a lot, but the Packers' defense is good. I think they have a top-five defense easily. Uh, they shut out Russell Wilson, made the Seahawks look bad. I know he's coming off the finger injury, but, I mean, a 17-0 win... Not very pretty, but you got the job done, and the defense didn't allow a single point. So you got to take what you can from that. Next up, we'll move into the top 10 rankings after week 10. Number 10, I got the Chiefs. They finally are back in the top 10 just because of how good they looked, and a lot of teams did not look so good this week. 
a few teams drop out of the top 10, so they move into it. Number nine, Ravens. They took another tough, tough loss against a bad team, but they beat the Chiefs, and they beat a lot of teams that are behind them, so I have them at nine. Number eight, Rams. They had a bad loss. Drop them. They still look better than all the teams that I have behind them, so I got them at eight. The theme continues. Number seven, Buccaneers. They took a bad loss, but they've looked better than all the teams behind them, so I've got to give them at seven. Number six is where we get into teams that actually played good this week. Number six, Patriots. They had a dominant performance over the Browns. Super exciting game. They're at six. I mean, the Patriots are sixth in the league, in my opinion, and they could be higher. They could easily be higher. What an impressive job by Mac Jones and this team. They're number six. Number five, I have the Bills. They are still, I think, a little bit better than the Patriots, but that will remain to be seen. Those two play two more times this year. That's going to be fun. That's going to be fun for that division. Number four, Cowboys. They looked incredible this week against the Falcons. Granted, the Falcons' defense is not very good, and the offense has looked poor without Calvin Ridley. I got the Cowboys at four. They did lose to the Broncos, but more is coming out about how Dak wasn't really ready for that game. So I've got the Cowboys at four. Big game, like I said, against the Chiefs. If they dominate the Chiefs, I might have to move the Cowboys up even higher. Number three, I have the Cardinals. I'm not dropping them too far for a loss without their two best players. So I've still got them at three, but I've got the Titans ahead of them because the Titans have won six straight and have looked very, very good. And the Packers because the Packers are seven and two and have looked the best at their best of any team. Without Aaron Rodgers, they did not look good. But when they had Aaron Rodgers, they have pretty much looked unstoppable since week one. That is my top 10. Lastly, we'll talk clutch factor player of the week. There were a lot of blowouts this week. There were not a lot of clutch performances. I'm not going to lie. So it was kind of hard to pick an award for this week. But runners up. Literally nobody on the Steelers or Lions was clutch. So I'm giving them both an award for being absolutely unclutch because I want to. Steelers, Lions, what are you doing? I mean, you have both have multiple opportunities to win the game and you just decide, you know, we're going to tie instead. That that sounds fun. We're going to tie. So literally nobody on the Steelers or Lions is clutch. Um, Just thought I'd add that in there. Another runner up Vikings offense, mainly Justin Jefferson. They had two big third down conversions and a fourth down conversion on that last drive to ice the game against the Chargers. But the clutch factor players, players of the week, I'm going to give to Taylor Heineke and Washington's offense. That nine-minute drive, that is the definition of clutch. Don't give the ball back to Tom Brady. We're going to hold the ball the entire quarter, and we're going to score at the end, and you're not going to be able to get another possession out of it. So Taylor Heineke and Washington's offense get the clutch factor player of the week. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. It's kind of a crazy week in the NFL. A lot of blowouts, a lot of really weird losses and a tie. So there aren't too many takeaways because I don't think you can take a lot away from this week because of how weird it was. Um, But thank you for listening regardless. We will be back next week for the week 11. Can't believe it's already week 11. Week 11 reaction show. We'll see you then.